Hello, hello. Welcome to Talking Bollocks. I am back. You're back. We're back. Yes, it's more of that back stuff right at the beginning of the front of the podcast. My name is Howard H. Smith. I runs this here podcast. I also sing in lead. Uh, sing in lead. I sing. <laughs> I'm a lead singer. Whatever. Fuck it. Who cares? No, I could go back and re-record it. Do a smoother job. But fuck it. This is what I'm all about. half arsing this thing and just getting it over with. Not really. I'm putting in loads of effort, I promise. Um, I'm Howard H. Smith, lead singer with UK thrash band Acid Rain. I also do stand-up comedy as the character Keith Blatt. I also uh, host the official Motorhead podcast, The Motorcast. Mm. And I does a football podcast with two uh, comedy friends. You can get that. That's called The Reducer. You can also join patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith. And you will get loads of shit. Um, seriously, I just basically give you more than everybody else. Yeah, if you have signed up a Patreon and you've been disappointed by the amount of stuff you've had from Creator, that's not going to be me. But there you go. Anyway, not going to do the hard sell. Let's crack on because there's, eh, there's a fair bit to get through. I mean, none of it's serious. But let's get to the big news first, OK? Um, I woke up this morning, which is the 14th of July, Earth time, and... I saw a shocking, shocking headline doing the rounds on every single rock and metal news site. So I went straight to it to see if it was true. And there is picture, there are pictures, so it would appear it is true. It would appear that Randy Dave Blythe of Lamb of God has cut his dreads off. Uh, more accurately is reported in uh, Blabbermouth uh, for the first time in nearly a decade. So there you go. Um, and that's basically just a fact. It's not a story because clearly it's not a story. But what Blabbermouth have done is they've managed to get something that exists, a fact that exists, Randy's had his haircut. And what they have done is they've built it um, on July 12th, by Blythe and his bandmates played their first show after he got a haircut, which saw his dreadlocks completely cut off. The performance took place at the venue, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Then it goes, back in January 2018. So that's it. There is no story. They've literally told you the day and the date that he must have had his haircut, he got his haircut and did, did a gig that night. That's it. That's the end of the story. There's then a paragraph from a 2018 interview, a big paragraph from Metal Hammer interview in 2020, and a little bit more bullshit, and then some YouTube clips of, yep, you've guessed it, Randy Blythe singing those songs, minus the dreadlocks. That is what passes for news. Yep. You can say what like what you like about journalists, but at least they do actually dig out stories, unlike that absolute bollocks. But like as I was saying on the last episode, this is where we are now. This is this is where we are with you know metal and rock media. It's gone the same way. All media, which is a lot of bollocks. For instance, here's another thing: um, Nikki Six. Yeah, that's right. Nikki Six is celebrating the 20... Uh, well, actually, brilliant, right? This is classic blabbermouth. Posted on July the 2nd, 2023. I'm going to read it verbatim. Nikki Six is celebrating the 222nd anniversary of his getting sober. Now, I know Nikki is a bit older than he may look. All right? Even more, they seem to have got that confused with Mick Mars. Surely it's Mick Mars celebrating 222 years of, of being sober, whereas Nikki Six is just celebrating the 22 years of being sober. I mean, it's not a fucking story, is it? It's just absolute bollocks is what it is. Um, and there just seems to be so much of it out there. You know, uh, there's a I mean, blabbermouth it, digging in an interview with uh, with Germany's rock antenna. Corey Taylor was asked if it's easier for him at this point in time to make solo records and to work with a band. And basically it is. It's always easier. You know, if you've got if you've got people that you're telling to do things, it's a lot easier than working on the same level as other people, obviously. But there you go. It's easier to be an employer than an employee. I guess that's what I'm saying. So anyway, 
I refuse to compromise my artistic vision and my art because of certain people's hindrances, he says. Yeah, that, it doesn't look very good, does it? Here's another, here's another non-story that's just a bit... right. Mike Portnoy attends his second Dream Theatre concert as a spectator. This is slightly weird, is the comment. Well, to be honest, that this is news is slightly weird. I'm sure Mike is commenting on the fact that Blabbermouth are running a story on not his first time seeing Dream Theatre since he departed the band all those years ago. No, 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 no. He previously attended a concert in March 2022 at the Beacon Theatre in New York, which they're all only too keen to tell you. Well, I wonder what happened this time then. Yeah, nothing. He just, he, he went to the gig. He, he, uh, he saw the band. That's it. That, that's fucking it. Nothing to see here, folks. Some guy who used to be in a band and hasn't been in that band for many years went to see that band for the second time. There's your fucking story. That's it. Uh, I like this. German thrash metal scene explored in Total Thrash, the Teutonic Story documentary. Los Angeles screening announced. Yeah, this does sound cool. For movie maker Daniel Hoffman from Germany, thrash metal means being able to escape from everyday life and simply forgetting everything in front of the stage and letting the hell out with the, uh, with the best of people in the world. After the great success of his documentary, Total Thrash, the Teutonic Story, over... La uh, um, uh, over the last year in Germany, it's about time to bring this movie in the history of the Teutonic thrash metal all over the world. So, back, basically, that's the story. It's the story is everything, as you'd expect. Um, had great reviews. Looks fantastic. Um, what can I say? Totalthrash.com. That is the website um, uh, where you can get... Oh, it's uh, right, okay. After the Los Angeles stream, uh, screening, the movie will be available via streaming on the portal Thunderflix on thunderflix.com from August the 4th. So bear that in mind, folks. Streaming on thunderflix.com from August the 4th. Sounds like something worth watching. Sounds like something, you know, sounds like you need to get over to thunderflix.com. What a fucking awesome website name that is thunderflix they better only have metal on there they better have like you know the story of mid 80s also ran hard rock slash metal slash hot water bottle blower upper thor <laughs> the story of thor anybody remember him seriously thor for those of you that aren't as old as me, he was just this big stacked bodybuilder guy who looked like He-Man. And I, honestly, like the cartoon He-Man could have been based on him. And his big and his big party trick was that he could blow up a hot uh, a hot water bottle, as in put a hot water bottle to his lips, blow it up and make it explode. Yeah, exactly. I mean, his music must be great, right? <laughs> if he could blow up a hot water bottle with merely his mouth then surely he's a great heavy metal vocalist i don't know it, it it didn't work out like that folks it really didn't but um yeah anyway the teutonic the 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 teutonic four german thrash metal podcast total podcast movie total thrash documentary check it out on thunderflix.com from August the 4th. I'd imagine there'll be a small fee and I'd imagine it'll be well worth paying. And we're going back again. Well, going back, but coming forward. New stuff. And I can tell you for a fact, this shit is great. Atheist frontman Kelly Schaefer's Till the Dirt announced debut album Outside the Spiral. I have had this album, the original mix, for over a year. Um, it is, I love it. It's very different. Um, as Kelly says, as an extreme metal artist, there is no better place to land than Nuclear Blast. Sorry, that's all about the the label. He signed to Nuclear Blast. The album's coming soon, all right? Um, and you can get a listen to one of the songs from it, Till the Dirt, Outside the Spiral. Um, the song Outside the Spiral, there's a video for it, so you can check that shit out. It's great. It's produced by Scott Burns as well, although this, the production is adventurous. There does seem to have been a little bit... Of a, um, of a remix gone in here. So, yeah, check it out. I'll put a link up there to the song Outside the Spiral. Um, so check that out in the description of the podcast. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. It is. I, I love it. I really fucking love it. Anywho. Next up, 
Watch KK Downing's KK's Priest headline Sweden's Time to Rock Festival. So, couldn't help but go along to YouTube and have a watch. And um, it's a slightly embarrassing intro, uh, you know, this sort of satanic voice. Oh, welcome to KK's Priest. You know, all this absolute bollocks, outdated crap. But anyway, it's going on. And then this bloke walks on stage, goes up onto a little bit of a platform and starts playing his guitar, playing these ripping leads. Sorry, I hate it when people um, uh, have WhatsApp noises on their fucking podcasts. (laughs) Oh God, that really winds me up and now I'm one of them. I'm sorry, folks. Right, I took time out there to have a little bit of water because my um, is drying up. And also to make sure that doesn't happen again. My sincere apologies there, folks. Honestly, it's just, it's unacceptable. Completely unacceptable. Anywho, where were we? Yeah, KK comes on, starts playing some lead guitar, on, and then the rest of the band come on. Singer wanders on, and it's just a total non-event. The crowd, of which there's plenty of people, but there's, there's literally about 20 people in front of KK who seem to be getting off on it, and everybody else is just stood watching like a museum it's all a bit odd to be honest all a bit sad speaking of a bit sad gene simmons open up about opens up about true love and marriage well let's get this i mean <laughs> this is amazing right gene simmons Uh, Kiss legend Gene Simmons and his wife Shannon Tweed recently sat down with Sky News Australia host Piers Morgan to discuss their marriage. Yeah, if you fucking... Anyway, Gene said, Shamefully, I never confronted myself about that and barely said I love you to my mother. Shocking and shamefully, I was afraid of being weak and not. I never opened myself to that, you know? The knight in shining armour thing. At least you have the protection around you. And I've whenever wanted to get hurt again. What can I say? There's no school for life and there's no school for that that says, okay, this is what marriage is. This is what a relationship is. Uh, Simmons' father left him and his Holocaust survivor mother as it, um, when he was a child. Speaking later, he said, I wanted to prove to myself, to everybody else and to my father that I didn't need him. So once I proved it and became successful, I wanted to stand stubbornly on my pride and not move on. So he basically wanted to rub his dad's face in it, which is absolutely fair enough. But then, yeah, there was no thawing of the ways. Um, that was it. That was it. And, um, yeah. I don't know. I... I don't know why that appealed to me, that article, especially it's about Gene as well, but I I think as much as I've criticised him, as much as he will always look like a badly drawn toy gorilla, and as abhorrent as some of the rubbish he comes out with is, he also comes out with some really heartfelt and and genuine stuff. And whether I agree or disagree, um, I, I kind of feel is a little bit immaterial. It's just... You know, he deserves he deserves he deserves the respect for just sticking his nose out there. And and hey, that is all I've got for you, folks. That is all I've got for you at this particular point. Now it is time to move on to the interview. As you will have seen, it is with the incredible Julie Weir, who who was able to help me track down master tapes of acid rain that were thought were thought were lost after this. I mean, what an incredible woman. She is the label head at Music for Nations. She has signed the three biggest metal bands in UK history in the last 30 years. So you probably want to have a listen. Really enjoyed doing this. And this is going to have to be part one because there's so much we didn't get to talk about. So I went to the Sony building in North London, just behind King's Cross, if you need to know. And um, off I went to have a chat with Julie. So, hello, Julie. Um, thanks for letting me into Music for Nations Central. Anytime. How are you? More than welcome, love. Thank you. It's, uh, it, it feels strangely familiar, despite the fact that I've never been in this building before, <laughs> but just being in a record company. Yeah. It has a vibe. 
Well, we, we like to think so. I mean, obviously, we're in a really big building here, but as you've seen through the stuff that you just walked through, we've got our suit of armour, yeah. which has been purloined from another label on a video shoot that I can't even remember where. We've got, I don't know, our, our beers, Yes. Our cocktails, and we've also got our skulls and our 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 plethora of awards on the side as well. well that's the thing as well, isn't it? Because yeah, you know, I completely forgot. I presume you've got a lot of bands making a lot of products outside of music, yeah, you know, itself. We, yeah, and that's we do like it, and I think everybody who works at the label, we, we still love physical product, even though we work in the digital realm. Probably like sort of seventy percent of the time, at the very least. Oh, excuse me. But the. Um, but the stuff that we really enjoy doing, on top of making music, is making stuff. Yeah. We just like stuff. I think my, my yeah. house has reached critical mass recently on stuff. But it's yeah. great. I mean, we do everything from 3D printed record toppers through to, I don't know, just general weirdness. We did some great candles for Witch Fever, actually. But I'll, I'll give there you some stuff to take away with you when you leave. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, I'm even more pleased. Why come to a record label if you can't leave with a swag bag? That's well, I didn't realise that law still existed. It's so still exists. Uh, right, okay. Only for special great. people. Okay, oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's go. Uh, let's go back to almost the beginning because um, I was, uh, you know, I had your friend George on the podcast recently, um, who's recently done a, a, a mix for Acid Rain as well, which is going to be coming out at some point. Which, you know, we were just speaking about before. Um, he mentioned you, and he said, like, well, you. You know, you're his go-to woman in the business, as in, like, you know, um, mentor. I believe was the oh, word he used. Him. So, um, Mate, so really, you know. right? Okay. <laughs> so, how did you know? Where did you start? Was it just as simple as starting a record shop? And that's how I met George. Ironically, I mean, I was at college, and I'd always messed around with societies and stuff at college, but I always kind of knew I wanted to work in music. But I'm, I'm from a bit of a a rough working class northern town and when you say you want to work in the music industry people are just like for yeah whatever whereabouts which one i'm from workington in cumbria right yeah Wookington, if you're from the area but it, it's literally all steel town steel town short everybody works at sellerfield now it's kind of yeah a lot of high streets with like nail bars and things like that but it's still a brilliant place with brilliant people and i'm still very very proud of where i'm from but when I was like sort of 15, 16, I wanted to work in music. There's literally only one person that just went, yeah, you go and do it. And it was my granddad. And he was like, he was a crane driver who'd been in the army. Then he was like, he was a musician. He was an accordion player in a band. Mm -hmm. To this day, I still don't know how people play accordion because it's just too much stuff going on at the same time. <coughs> Excuse me, but, but he just said do it. He was a fantastic pianist. He never read music. He always just, he could listen to something and immediately play it. It was some kind of savant on that. But he just said, like, sort of, follow your dreams, and I did. And <coughs> I, I, that's something that's very, um, that's, that's, that's something that's very, um, it's coming up a lot recently. That I've, I've heard with, a, a, you know, a few people where it's like only one person yeah. in a family went, yeah, go for it, you know, follow your dreams. And that's exactly what it is. It's, it's usually someone saying, follow your dreams. And, that, and it's usually they've been disabused of their dreams themselves. And I would you know, imagine, or, or they I haven't thought about that until now, but yeah, I imagine he probably had because he wanted to be a musician. <coughs> he was forced into the army. Yeah. And then he came back and he was back in a working class town. So yeah. I've just followed it. And suddenly my granddad passed away when I was about 18. Oh, right. So, <coughs> so he never got to see any of this. Yeah. Oh, Which is a real shame because he'd absolutely love it. Yeah, he really, he really, really would. And yeah. and I just kind of just followed it from there. Was at college in Leeds, really musical town. Yeah. <coughs> well, I was in, in Manchester first, then into Leeds. Both people have got like sort of their own like musical alliances. Yeah, and yeah. then I ended up coming to London because I got a, a, a master's scholarship, and then stayed here, applied for a few jobs. People probably looked and laughed at my CV because I didn't have any experience at the time. And then I'd sent a letter to a tiny little label called Clawfist, who looked right. after Gallon Drunk and Lydia Lunch, right. people like that. Yeah. And they got me in for a meeting. And I think it was more of <laughs> more of a case of who the hell is this person? Because it's about the only person who'd heard, you know. So I went in, had a meeting, became a merchandising manager there, worked my way up to label manager of a black metal label called Cacophonous. So I was working with Cradlefield, Stimber Borgate, Balsagoth, Gehenna, all people like that. And then there's only so much that you can really do with things like that. And it's not it's not really my my music of choice, to be quite honest. I grew yeah. up on goth and punk and things. 
And my, my, my boss at the time just said, well, why don't you set something up yourself for the music that you'd really like? And I went off to set up Visible Noise. And I work with young artists like Kill to This and Primary Slave, who are still actually going. So you set that up? Under the moniker of, of a label that was originally called Vinyl Solution. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> so wow. That kind of career. Yeah, I haven't heard that name for a while. Absolutely. So it was all, you know, like, feel the darkness and things like that. So it's all Poison idea and Hard-Ons. And, yeah. And, oh, my God, Mega City 4. Senseless <laughs> The stupid. Stupid. The senseless things. Have you seen it's all been re-released? The whole, uh, the whole sentence in it, senseless things back catalogue um, Cherry Red who were the same label that bought the label that we did our last album on so I'm on their mailing list for the podcast ah, she says writing it down all of the senseless things stuff Cherry Red the whole back catalogue and some rare bootlegs I saw you used to, I used to see him at the Duchess of York in Leeds uh, one of the best pubs of all time I, I mean lucky enough to play there you know years later with Acid Rain many times it was like our home but I used to be a house mount- photographer there I fell off this really? I fell off the pool table I, I <laughs> met I met Dave Grohl when he was playing drums and Scream in Scream yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, that was that. I, I met Dave was- Vaney and that's why I fell off the pool table because I thought it was I got spat on. I, I got spat in the oh. eye in a damn gig. Oh, Taking nice. photos of them, and I went to take a step forward. Didn't realise I couldn't see and fell off the pool table. Oh dear. We well, you know. Um, you live and learn. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, we're well, yeah, a bit of a tangent there. So no, I love um, Leeds. Leeds is still one of my Leeds, Manchester, Nottingham, Birmingham, and actually Newcastle. My my favourite go-to gig places still. Yeah. Yeah. They're, well, they're all awesome. I'd have Liverpool as well. Cause, I'd have you know, Liverpool as well. It, and, yeah, yeah, Glasgow, obviously. Cause it's just, it's the mad places. It's the mad it's, towns. It's the, and this is no disrespect whatsoever to London, but the smaller and crappier the town, the better the gigs are, because nothing ever happens. People go absolutely loopy. I mean, if you ever go to a gig at Monroe's Bar in Workington or Whitehaven Civic Hall or any like sort of the festivals around there, it's absolute carnage, but it's brilliant because people need an outlet. Yeah. And I love yeah. it. And I, I remember there was a thing in work in years ago called Cumbria Rock. <sighs> Does what it says on the tin, doesn't it? And it was, <laughs> it was like something like Magnum. You know, it's like Magnum yeah. and all those kind of bands are on, but it was still a full rugby stadium of people, of yeah. bands that really didn't deserve yeah. that amount of people. Do you know but, what I mean? Atom Seed played. Bloody hell. I, well, I've, yes, um, I, I've had members on the podcast. Yeah, what, Chris? Yeah. Oh, I love Chris. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, uh, yeah, I've had him on a few times. See, I haven't seen Chris for absolutely years because he's friends with friends of mine as well. But ah. I remember, I think I was 17 years old and I was so inspired because Adam Seaton played on this huge, you know, that almost Glastonbury stage that's got like sort yeah. of the, the trellis around the front. And the singer of Adam Seaton sadly passed away yeah, recently, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. He'd climbed up to the right in the middle of the rigging and was basically singing with like hanging on with one leg and one arm. And I was just absolutely blown away by them. It yeah, that's nuts. pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Such a good day, that. Really good. Oh, man. So, um, we, let, let, let's go back to Leeds. Sorry. No, 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 it's all, no, no, not at all. It, it, it comes it goes where it goes, doesn't it? You know, it doesn't matter. Tangents are great. Yeah, it's not like we're getting marked for this at the end. Thank God for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. F. Yeah, get thrown out. Get thrown out. <laughs> X. But, but George I met in a record shop. Right, OK, just... He was our Saturday kid. Ah, yeah. right, that makes sense. And I'd, I'd basically done my... I did, I did my first degree in Manchester, moved to Leeds because of, of, of a blurk, um, and ended up working in a really brilliant record shop called Nail Records, Nailing the Coffee and Music, cheery bunch. Yeah. And it was basically industrial, metal and hardcore. Where else was it? Because I'm tr- I can't think where right. that was. Right. When I explain to you where it is, I'm going to draw your diagram here. Right, Leeds okay. Corn Exchange. This, this will make this will be good on the podcast. Leeds Corn Exchange, and it's Coal Lane. Right, so that, that goes down to the train station there. Yeah. That's Coal Lane, Leeds Corn Exchange. Yeah. And no, it that would go down to the Duck and Drake there, if you know the Duck and Drake. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so it used to be there, which is now. Oh, Blue, right. Blue Rinse. Right, yes. And it was the No, no, it's, it's that tiny little parade. And for some reason, yeah. it's always really funky shops. Always really great shops. But yeah. it was there, and then it moved around the corner to there. Right, yeah. And it was... Um, well, I think we probably couldn't afford the rent because it was like four floors there, and it was just two floors there. Yeah. And it moved right to there, and then after we'd left... Yeah. Um, it was out of step. If you remember Steve from Voorhees' shop. Yes. So they, they turned it into Outstep, which is brilliant. So it's always been a record shop. 
Yeah. But I, 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 right. I bloody I love well. that. I absolutely so just round the corner place. from where Scrumpy's would it used to be? Absolutely, yeah. Really close to where Scrumpy's was. Bloody hell. Crikey, if anybody remembers that. Yeah, yeah, they're falling Scrumpy's off the chairs. The chair's <laughs> falling off the chairs right now. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, the Duck and Drake as well. It was like, the Duck and Drake was our, basically our local. Dusty used to have this great big pit bull called Chelsea. <laughs> they used to just come and sit and dribble all over you. It was brilliant. I love that pub. Oh, yeah, honestly, it's taking me back to the, It's taking me back to a time that is uh, a long time ago. Oh. Um, so, you, so you, you came to London. You worked on. You know, you, you got your break and you moved. You know, you, you moved into Vinyl Solution. Yeah, well, I moved into Vinyl moved. Solution. Set up Visible Noise yeah. to, to foster. At the time, it was 1998, and at the time it was basically loads of young British acts were just getting ignored, because all of the magazines like Kerrang! were all over the US acts, and I'm like, there's so much stuff, good stuff going on. I'd really like to be able to do some stuff with British bands, so my boss at the time I basically said, go off and sign some people. So again, Prime Slave Kill to this, band called Kilkus, Chris Hayden, who is in Kilkus, is now, or was the drummer in Florence and the Machine. So people have moved off and gone off and done other things. Yeah. And then I signed a band called Lost Profits. Everybody hey. knows what happened there, but it was great for a while it lasted. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I got the, I think I might even still have it. I got the first album before before they were I, and I don't know if it was when they signed to you guys yeah. but I got the first album before they were <coughs> inverted commas forced to remix it yeah well that was it was that was with us first and then it was remixed when we did uh, a deal with ironically the major that we're sitting inside now right because the original of course was way yeah, better I have yeah, absolutely and I completely agree slightly edgy but bands have got to be edgy to move forward yeah okay. which majors are uncomfortable with so they got hold absolutely. of the album and filed the sharp edges off it yeah and that came yeah. through an American air as well, so and, and it filed the sharp edges of it, which is which to the which to my ears is like no 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 you're you you know you're filing off why people are going to like it why it stands out exactly why it, don't knock the corners off yeah. corners will come off organically to yes. be quite honest anyway yeah yeah I prefer yeah to do yeah. things that way so I mean I signed those guys and then I signed a band called Book My Valentine who we worked yeah. with for quite a long time as well yeah. and then we signed a band called Bring Me The Horizon, yeah. which was actually because of a fantastic person called Jamie Farrell in Leeds, who was right. in a band called Lab Rat, right. well, okay. who yeah, was yeah. actually signed to Visible Noise, yeah. who'd actually gone off and done his own thing. And I, I really like the band and the fact that they're just a bunch of Leeds teenagers, effectively. So who, who would have even thought that they'd go from being a metalcore band playing to 200 people at the borderline to doing the O2? I'll be honest with you. I tried to get into them early doors. Yeah. And I was like, I, well, Was it too brutal for you? It was just, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> well, I, do, do you know what? There's brutal and there's, I, I'm a big fan of songwriting yeah. and song structures, yeah. of which there were none. <laughs> so early doors. It was like, like I, what, really what, I, I couldn't hold on to anything. Yeah. And I listened, there were, there were little bits that I'd lie, I was like, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, you know, the next thing I know, they're massive they're huge but again it's a band that has grown and changed and evolved and developed but done it organically they've done a lot of yeah. things but they've done it a step at a time I look I, I've got a lot of time for them I've got a lot of time for Ollie I, I, I remember when he used to be a lot more active on social media I've mm. had a few interactions with him and I've, I've always like admired his frankness one Yorkshireman to another yeah it wouldn't. absolutely um, and um, bought, bought some of his clothes from his label early doors as well ah. um, and I've I, I, kind of had one ear on them mm. and eventually they did do something that I liked which was sempaternal which of course I know is boring and everyone likes but, um, but it's progression and again you see something in an artist and they grow through it and they grow into something else yes it, yeah, exactly yeah. And it, it's, yeah. it's honestly the evolution of artists that are like not god tier but you know what I mean it's, it's the staying power that they never stay the same Yes. But they don't alienate people while they change. It's like, it's, yeah. and I mean, this is a really, this is a broad statement, but I mean, if you look at what Boy did, complete reinvention every single time an album came out. They're doing it in their own way, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that that is nothing short of like sort of smarts. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, the clothing label, everything they've done. I mean, remember MySpace? Cause mm -hmm. That's where they came through. Yeah. It was the biggest band on MySpace, wasn't it? And they've always been literally 10 steps ahead of everyone else regardless of dissenters regardless of what people have thought they've always had like a really huge hardcore following yeah, yeah. and regardless of whether you <laughs> you think it sounds 
grating or not. There was like there was a huge following at that time because that was when metalcore was at its height. Yeah. And now they've developed more into electronica. There's a bit of a popling to the new track. I mean, this is the weird thing. It's like you know, I think back to that early stuff I heard. I'm sure you're the same. It's like not only is it weird to me they're big. It's weird to me they're big outside of the UK. America yeah. is a no-brainer. Germany is a no-brainer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like that's you're made yeah you know that's just insane but again they've thought about everything they don't exist in a silo they don't just exist in one world they've permeated other places they understand culture all his work with drop dead takes you into like gaming takes you into things like game of thrones takes you into i don't know sonic the hedgehog mm. you know all this they cross over with cradle of filth yeah you know so it's it's a i mean we did um the come down with them and it was predator so that they've all they bring all of their own references and their own personal interests into what they do, and that mm. that is an authentic artist, right? They're, yeah, they're just not yeah. talking about something that they think they should be doing. They're doing things that they want yeah. to be doing. Yeah, well, and the thing is, as well, is uh, it's important to recognise this this stuff. You know, I'm I'm a bit older now. I can say this where you you think. I, I don't, I don't like what you do. Don't like what you do at all. But gotta respect it, you know. Gotta respect the grind. Absolutely. Gotta respect the because none of that shit that you're doing and and what's coming to you yeah. is by accident. And they took know? a lot of shit themselves over the years as well. Cause yeah. There's been a lot of things said about the band, but that they just close ranks. There's there's still a bunch of mates who've been together since they were kids. Yeah. And they close ranks and like sort of shut out outside, doesn't it? I mean. What else would you do? You're travelling around the world. You've got to have your best mates with you. Sometimes yeah. you can let people in, sometimes you can't. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. But this is more about you. And, I mean, that's quite a record in a couple of years, signing those two, Lost Profits and, you know... Lost, well, Lost Profits, Bullet and Bring Me. Yeah. It Sorry, was, those three. Yeah. I do apologise. Just about, just about the three biggest British metal acts to come out of the UK in the last 10, 20 years? Absolutely, I mean, there's more stuff coming through now. I mean, we're looking at things like Sleep Token now. I mean, obviously we're working with Hot Milk here, who's starting to come through. Whether you would put Hot Milk in the metal world, I don't think, mm. really, but that I would put them in alternative. alternative Sleep Token? Rock. Sleep Token, definitely, I, I absolutely love them. And Ryan, who manages them, has done such a great job on that as well, because he has stuck with that project at the call phase. And when people are saying it's not going to work they don't do press blah 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 he has made it fly yeah so fair play to him on that one he's done such a it, good job it's one of those kind of been an easy project to manage but, on well it's day. one of those things in, in, in comedy there is you can you can manage an act and you can steer it mm. but there are some acts where the audience are, you go like you just got to let them do what they do yeah and the audience are going to come to them yeah or they're not but exactly. hopefully if we do it long enough the audience will come to that. Well, exactly, and this is the point. I mean, we um, we've, we met with a guy called Andrew O'Neill. Yes, yes, yes. Who is one of my personal favourite comedians of all time and a wonderful human on top of everything else. And Andrew, I love him as a person and I love the fact that he's so left field. And again, he does stuff that will blow 90% of people's minds, right? Yeah. 90% of people aren't going to get it because he's so off the wall. It's a bit like sort of Noel Fielding, Mighty Bushy, but like darker. Yeah. In fact, what you call a guy? Simon Munnery, the pen is mightier than the sword. Yes. Also so weird. But people come to that and they grow, but people have got to grow alongside the artist, I think. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but, absolutely. But Andrew O'Neill, absolutely fantastic. He's history heavy metal. Well, I, I, one of the best things. A good, good friend of mine, and uh, another person who's been on the pod. So we're you just everybody you name, yeah, they've been on it. He's absolutely, <laughs> he's fantastic. Andrew deserves every success because he's so far ahead of the flipping curve. I totally he? agree. I mean, I, I saw his um, history of heavy metal show, which I just thought was absolutely. The brilliant. book's amazing as well. Which was edited by yeah. our bass player. You are kidding! My God, this world's uh, it's, 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 yeah, I know. It's, it's no way. Um, it's <laughs> the no, world's contracting. Actually, edited is a bit edited slash proofread yeah. by um, by a bass player. It's, uh, and, I mean, I know Andrew well. You know, um, we actually met at a gig, and I I had a I had a Ramstein um, top on, and um, he um, he came over and he went, "That's a Ramstein shirt." And I was like, "Yeah." And, and so we got chatting, and this is. 
I, this is just like years and years mm. and years ago and then and then the band came back as well and we just bump into each other occasionally and we still do but funnily enough it's usually I'm on stage and he's in the crowd down the front <laughs> I don't swear the last time I saw him was he was down the front in uh, when we played um, uh, Bloodstock are you kidding no I mean he's uh, yeah he's, a, he's an absolute legend he's a wonderful and a, and a good, good friend yeah good friend, he really yeah. is but you're right it's, it's like you know you have to you have to just hang out and um, by the sounds of it old uh, sleep tokens finally come round because their Absolutely. names everywhere I'm hearing them everywhere well it's interesting but it's, it's just so different it's definitely they're in their own lane as well and it's kind of nobody else is doing it I mean the mask thing people have done it in various guises but just the element of mystery around that is next level mm. I think and I mean I can see them doing Royal Festival Hall, Royal Albert Hall, in that kind of like the the art level of it all. Yes. You know what I mean? Where it's, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. it's a proper immersive production. Yeah, so the Devon Townsend. Actually, yeah, job. very De- very Devon-esque, yeah. Yeah. Minus strange creatures walking around. <laughs> so what so what after, you know, signing those three massive bands, um, where next, you know, where it like it, it seems like we've done your we've done your journey to like how you got here really really quickly you know it, it's I, I, I think I, I can't help but feel like you've skimped some of it well I mean um, it's, uh, the, the weird thing is you look at this I mean I, I've been in the music industry it's 30 years this year right okay right, which is really terrifying do you know what your wall downstairs your your monitor wall downstairs was playing and, and something came up saying like started or or like founded in 1993 and I was like so what 1993 and then the next and then the next thing turned over and it was like 30th anniversary and I was like oh fuck that's why yeah it's Shit. terrifying isn't it the 90s is not 10 years yeah, ago exactly. it's 30 years it ago it doesn't feel like it that's the thing but I think what, the one thing I have done is because the majority of stuff that I've done is with visible noise and it's been it, more more on my own than anything else mm. I mean I've, I've had some brilliant people work with me who've gone on to do various things but it's only ever been one other person really yeah I mean Austin who used to work with me he's gone off he's now doing War Child which is brilliant Angela who worked with me she's now doing PR and stuff for various other artists and she's an absolutely brilliant PR and a wonderful human you know but when you're doing then the entire world for like eight artists and especially when artists are on a certain level you have no life. You literally have no life at all, and you don't have time to like sort of sit back and look and go, "Ooh, I've not done all right," because you just you're far too busy getting the next thing out the door, yeah. and being concerned for the timelines that are like you're rapidly running up against. Yeah. And I mean that's that's no different to being in here, really. I mean Tom, who works with me, who just walked past there, is like, is is so brilliant at, at what he does, and I mean it's basically the label is myself Tom and an intern then we plug into other internal teams in here yeah so like we plug into sales or we might work with digital marketing we've got a fantastic um creative agency called fourth floor who are really wonderful to work with and they're we're very fortunate that they like working with us to be quite honest because we might be lost without them because budget restrictions and things mean that I was going to say that's interesting we're a tiny naughty corner I was going to say that's interesting because like in my head I'm like so no art department then like you know that's it's not it's not the 80s anymore the, I know yeah. I know yeah I know but but luckily Fourth Floor do have all of that stuff within them but I mean a lot yeah. of the stuff that we work on as well a lot of artists deliver stuff direct to us some people we sit down and we do create it from like nose to tail yeah. and then some stuff it's a hybrid but labels have really really changed in the fact that we're not really just a label anymore we're an entertainment company yeah yeah. You know, I prefer to look at it like that, really, anyway. Because yeah. a label just means that you just, I don't know. I always see, you know, you, you see those terrible American videos where it's like the big fat guy in a really ill-fitting <laughs> suit with a cigar. Yeah, yeah. It's like that, and it always just makes me shudder a bit. Yeah, Ugh. smoking, yeah. cigars. In the back of a limo. With yeah, like sort of yeah, 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 all that. Fizzy wine. You know? <laughs> Fizzy wine and sherbet, yeah. Mm. Um, so... Um, um, I mean, the way the business operates now, it, like you said, it's like it's a you know it's a multi-headed hydra. It's, mm. no, it's not the old you know 
you do one it's, thing and yeah, it's like it's like the old it's like the old record label was a horse. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And this is like you know, a multi-headed hydra. It's just like you don't exist to do one thing because before it was just just get the record in the shop and absolutely broken. Yeah. Somebody somebody sticking that in Kerrang. <laughs> we were talking about that two days ago actually. <laughs> but, but I suppose with with being an indie. I've, I've come in with a very different approach and it means my own approach hasn't had to change. Yeah. Because <coughs> running an independent company is just you do everything anyway. And I mean, people who work with us here, we, we've never asked anybody to do anything that we wouldn't. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there's no real hierarchy or anything in here. It's just trust good people. Good people get stuff done. Yeah. And then just trust them to do it in their own time. And then they'll always, they'll always overperform. Yeah. I think, but just don't look at people all the time and just ask them what they're doing, even though I am terrible. Have you done that? But then they have done that. So, I, I, when, you, when you're looking at, I mean, do you, but this is an interesting one, I'm going to get this out if it kills me. Um, have you ever, do you ever sign bands from, like, who there's no approach with, you know, there's no connection from Cold, they've got in touch with the label direct, and you've ended up signing them? Because it, <coughs> I think um, it, it's it's a lot rarer than people mm. think. It really is. Yeah. Um, and especially back in the you know especially back in the day. But I'm thinking, like now, whether whether or not that changes slightly because there's just so many forms of communication and there's so many ways for bands to get their message out there that really? you might find yourself watching something and going, Do you know what, I'm, I kind of like this. I'll be honest. I've never done it to this day. Right. Because it's always generally personal preferences that come through. Because even though we have a we have a label ethic and aesthetic, really. Yes. But we always try and work with bands that we want to work with. Yeah. Because I think you get an extra ten yards out of people if you do that. Because oh, if you God. really are a big fan of things, it's great. And if you do things that people aren't interested in, it just becomes a chore, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. So I mean. I'm just desperately trying to think through demos. I know it's, it is. It is like I said. It's it's, it's really really rare. I, I don't. I, I mean, I think one of the problems that you have now as well is if people send you something, and this is anybody who is listening who is just sending demos out and stuff like that, just just take it on the chin. But and I'm sure this is a very like generalised approach I'm about to give, but. It feels like people have got lazy because they can send it, they can find an email, send an email, and don't tailor it in any way. And if it's like, this is my, I don't know, country blues record, blah, 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 and I'm like, well, yeah. you've wasted your time, you've wasted my time. Please let your manager stuff has to me. You've wasted the internet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. upset, I'm disappointed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but and it, it's just sad. So if you are going to do that, at least do a bit of research on the people that you're sending it to because they're still humans. Yeah, I know that. Even you're it through a digital format, the people on the other end have still got to use their ears to do it. We're not AIs just sitting here like putting it into a machine. That is absolutely spot on. And you know what? You are so right. I get a ton of junk mails from, from people it. telling me yeah. that oh we've got a podcast we can help oh we can yeah. do it I read halfway through one last night until I realised it's a fucking spam and what they'd done yeah. very cleverly Howard it was said that it was well not only that but the title was that I just received a five star review of my podcast and I went into it and it was like I and it name checked the podcast, the specific episode. Then name then name check the specific journey that the podcast mentions. But it's a it's a That's smart AI though that. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, absolutely. But it's it, and I was like I got there and I was like, oh you bastard. But it's smart AI that's still only dealing with words. But it but it is. It, but it, but the, but to go to your point, what I'm saying is it it caught me because it because it engaged me. Yeah, yeah. It exactly. actually engaged me. Exactly. And I think the point you're making as well is musicians we tend to have our, our heads in the music. Yeah. And you're thinking person sending that email is going this track's going to blow them away. Yeah. It's like, not if they don't play it. Yeah, exactly. That's and where you need to be coming from. It. Absolutely. So, I mean, send, like, sort of, make a note that you know who the person is that you're talking to or what the label is. 
you know, say something about the track, say something about the ideas behind the track, send a little bio, send a blurb, send a picture, send some artwork, so people get a yeah. sense of you, not just yeah. listen to my track. Why? Stick a bit, stick a press release. LinkedIn's the killer for that, though. Oh my god! <laughs> listen to my drum and bass track. No. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it, but it is. It, the, the funny thing is. I remember, and I apologise to listeners who've heard this story so many times, I'm almost sick of selling it myself, but <laughs> way back in the day, 17 years old, we took half, I took half the budget, spent it on the studio, half the budget, spent it on the packaging. Why? Because, in my mind, if there's a pile of C90s on a desk in a record label, and one of them looks like it's already on a label, it looks like it's already out, it's got a full colour cover, inlay card, the lot, people will be thinking, well, hang on, what's that doing? Exactly. And you send something shit with no, like, sort of... No title in it or anything like that. It's going to be. It'll just go in the bin. But all these years later, we're just talking about different formats. The principles are the same. same. If if you don't take the time to care about it, why should I? Yeah, yeah. And then, funnily enough, I followed it up a week later with a uh, with a press release. And it's that's like you say. You have to get people engaged before they are going to listen to your music. Everybody's busy. Yeah. Everyone's busy. Exactly. And you've got to make people care about something. You've got to get people invested in something these days so they don't act on it. Yeah. Especially if you're sending, if, especially if you're sending music cold to somebody who listens to music for a living. Yeah. 12 hours a day. Yeah. Because it also means yeah. that you can break down music. I always say this, I think, I, I mean, I'm, I don't know if you're the same, but why, how I find it now at this stage is if I get an album I really like, I can listen to it five times and that's that. It's in my head now. I yeah. know the album yeah. and I could potentially never listen to that again, but I'll still be able to, because you just absorb it that much quicker. You'll still be able to it's, replay it. It's what, you're, it's what you're used to. Absolutely. And yeah. it is, and you can also tell <coughs> what's going to... I mean, it is my job these days, but I can also tell what's going to engage with people, what's going to engage live, what's going to engage on DSPs. So everything works for different purposes now. Yeah. And it's really... that I don't expect artists to think like that. That's where we come in and can help. You know, not by knocking the corners off, however. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but it is, it's just... Well, it is the music business, isn't it? And that is yeah. the part of it that I don't like, really. Yeah, yeah. It's, music's still fun to me. <laughs> well, I mean, business is a necessity. Music is is an art form. Yeah. Um, but also, over the last many years, I was having this discussion with uh, another mutual friend, I believe, Liam O'Donoghue. Oh yeah, lovely Liam. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, he was somebody that I spoke to for this whole series, Ooh. and um, funnily enough, about five days before he left the music business after thirty-four years. Absolutely, I can't yeah. believe he's done it. Um, well, I've had a I've had a message from him, which I will um, I'll, I'll show you after. Oh yeah. Um, but like quite recent. Anyway, um, I you know I was saying to him that um, the way the business has changed is not only you know. You could say to its detriment, it was always going to happen, mm -hmm. the internet, etc. Could have been handled better, shouldn't have been the shit show that it ended up and isn't now, but it should but have been. It, it could have been less of a shit show earlier. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. If people um, embrace things, but, but well, it's, it's human nature to be scared of change. Well, I agree with that, but I also think that I also think that what happened was the major players were all so, old men yeah. who had no interest in, uh, no interest in fucking with my 80% margin thank you yeah. don't be telling me yeah. why the future is making 13% at that time not interested yeah. but people change um, people evolve and I mean in the same way as <laughs> I'm, I'm like sort of in London I, I get a lot of cabs because I'm terrible but I also really like it because I love speaking to people. Mm, right? Yeah, yeah. And the best gauge for me, if I've got a problem, right, and this is a great piece of sage advice, is if you've ever got a problem, talk to a black cab driver about it or talk to an Uber driver about it because they speak to so many people day in, day out. Yeah. They've always got an opinion on stuff. Yeah. And I was talking about like sort of streaming and downloads and ironically the Uber driver had a very different view on it than the black cab driver for exactly the reasons you'd expect. Black cab drivers were more like, well, it shouldn't have changed, it's written people off, blah, 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 because yeah. 
they've got the same kind of business model. And then the Uber driver's like, well, it makes it easier for people, it's open access, blah, blah, blah. There you go, yeah. And it's, it's like, mm, yeah. Well, it, it is, but it's also the fact that now, culturally, with uh, over the years we've had the emer we've got, had the emergence of uh, smartphones yeah. obviously the internet so now that's your so, life so, so, so now yeah. you are but also now music one of the arts one yeah. of the arts well it's just one of the things actually yeah. that's fighting for your attention music to to inverted commas kids is no more special than gaming now we think it is because yeah. we remember when there was no gaming yeah. um, but that, those days are gone. And we yeah, also have to remember that you're waiting for an album to come out. <laughs> yeah. And it comes out and you can't get it anywhere else. You used to have to tape it off the radio, remember? <laughs> tape the charge up. And you used to have to wait to get that disc. Yeah. Now things come out and then you can make your own radio stations. Yeah, yeah. You make your own playlists. Yeah. yeah. And you make your own album. Yeah. Um, but it is... I still do it. I still love doing it, to be fair. I... Um, I don't, do you know what? I don't make playlists. It's just, really, it's, no, it's just albums, albums, albums. All I time. make playlists a lot because sometimes it's to do with fitting things in around here and how things work on an A&R kind of point of view. Sometimes it's about discoverability. So I can actually get something together and if I'm on a train, I can make sure it's downloaded and then do it like that. So right. I, I think that there's a lot of functionality in it, actually. actually I love Spotify. Do you know what? I'm just, I'm just thinking as well that I've got... I, I, I'm actually playing a playlist on my phone at the moment, but the playlist is full of albums. It's full albums in a playlist. Funnily enough, I have one that's all soundtracks that is back-to-back. Ah, right, OK, yeah. It's back-to-back -back soundtracks, but that's a playlist. It's about eight hours long. It's like that. It's a sleepy time one. It's like that. <laughs> <laughs> I can fall asleep and then wake up six hours later. It's still going. I, I love it. I, I, I absolutely love it though because I can just go on when I'm in the mood. You just hit and shuffle, and you can just like you know. There's just thousands of tracks, and it's always and the it's, tracks that you like. Yeah, yeah. Or the amount of times I hear something and think, "Wow, I've loved this for ages." Yeah. You know, I gotta go and stick that album in a playlist. Well, funnily enough, we were having a catalog conversation about Music for Nations stuff the other day. And I was like digging through some stuff and we, I actually had to make a playlist of stuff that we, we're looking at reissuing, re-releasing and everything as well. And that was a complete revelation because I put that on shuffle. And I was like, what happened? <laughs> I don't know what some of this is. You know, so God, what it, you must have heard some real old like... Some insane stuff that we pulled out of archive. Yeah. So, but but, but I, there's again, a lot of stuff that doesn't sit on Spotify that we really do need to get on Spotify well, uh, for the artists. There'll be there'll be stuff there that uh, I mean there won't be anything that dates back to my day, um, but I might I cut and paste what we've got in the archive because I did see some acid rain come up. Really? We probably don't own it anymore, though. To be quite honest. No. Well, I'm. I, you definitely don't. Yeah. Because well, I sold it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'll let legal know. Is it? Yeah, I sold it about um, six months ago. Oh, did you sell it to? Um, Jay Ray. Just blur, blur this out of the podcast. Um, I'll tell you afterwards, actually. Okay. I'll tell you afterwards. But yeah, make it note to ask me. Um, but yeah, I'd love to know if there if there is if there is. If there is stuff do. there that we don't, I mean, it's Does better off getting it out of archive then. Ah, oh, that'd be awesome. Mate. Yeah, it's probably two inches and stuff like that. Oh interested. man, I would. Yeah, don't get me excited. Yeah. Don't get me excited. I can come this. That would be ridiculous. Anywho, <laughs> um, it's um, it's. Uh, I, I can't believe that you've completely thrown me there. I can't believe there's like there's, there's like all those stuff from all those years ago. Yeah, there's, but there's there's a few bands coming out of the woodwork at the moment saying our stuff's not on Spotify and stuff like that. And it's like ah. if there's stuff that you want to be up there that you think should be up there, we'll we'll go back through archive and, and dig it out. Yeah, but there was always so many different labels that was like that flew off MFN as yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, Under One Flag, which was the yeah. industrial one. Oh, they, no, no, Under One Flag was Thrash. Oh, Thrash, we were on. I beg your pardon. So yeah, Music yeah. for Nations, Under One Flag. Then was the industrial was, one then? Um, oh, I can't remember. Well, they, of course, they had, uh, yeah, uh, Fun After All. I don't even remember that. Right, yeah, that was a that was a weird one. Um, Rough Justice, that was hardcore. I remember, yeah. Yeah, Rough Justice with the, with the, um, the cuffs. Yeah. Oh yeah, God, you've got a great memory. Uh, this, this is my uh, this is my era now. <laughs> but there was one. Hey, if you need any sleeve notes, let me know. Oh God, I'm in. <laughs> but I'm trying. Actually, I might have a job for you. But <laughs> um, so. Um, it's been. Um, are we all right to carry on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool, cool. Um, your music. 
your music, do you still do... Personally. Yeah, your music, personally. Do you still do, um, you know, gigs if you can't get on the guest list? Got and you. stuff like that. Yeah, good. Absolutely. That's I'm awesome. not a complete industry muppet. Yeah. No, just, no, just no. 80%. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I love going to shows. And I mean, I, I really... Well, when I was working at, at Visible Noise, my, my business partner at the time, he had such an eclectic musical taste. <coughs> and I've got friends who run festivals like Supersonic and things like that. So I really love discovering new artists and more left field artists anywhere, possibly stuff that wouldn't get signed to the label. I've, I've got one that might fit both those categories. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, um, yeah. Afterwards, yeah, yeah, make it out of that as well. This is, it, this is all going on offline. Sorry, guys. But, but I love it. And I mean, Supersonic's one of my favourite festivals to go to. I absolutely love it. I'll go. I love going to see stuff at the Barbican. I went to see Lancome the other night that were absolutely outstanding. And it, I like seeing stuff that I wouldn't generally work with because I find it's a great head clearer for me and right. a great inspiration as well. Yeah. You know, I, I love going to things like galleries and stuff like that. I mean, what we, we do like once a month, my team, or once every couple of months, we, we take a day out and we just go to galleries together for a full day. That's just nice. going and seeing stuff and talking about stuff. We still talk about work, grab some lunch. Yeah. But it's, it's amazing what you get done when you're not in an office. Well, it's a little down... Uh, just off, Poss uh, just off um, Bond Street, actually. Well, actually, off Oxford Street, behind Oxford Street, the, the other end, kind of around behind Selfridges, mm. the Wallace Collection. Mm, mm. How amazing is that place? I was there on Monday. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> How bizarre yeah, is that? Yeah, I love it. It's absolutely but insane. It, I, honestly, you mention that to most people, and they're like, "Oh, yeah. the what?" Oh yeah, like, but there's, there's that and there's so many insane tiny little um, like modern art galleries in London that are absolutely brilliant as well. Oh yeah, 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 some so absolute beauty. I absolutely... I, I'll tell you what, there's, there's two in Marlow, just out, you, literally you just, you know, either jump on the A40 or yeah. you just head out down the A40 to Marlow. It's basically, you go, turn right, you've got Wickham, turn left, you've got Marlow. Yeah. And there's two really nice art galleries there, and one of which I went in and was like, oh, I'm going to have a walk around. And um, art being art, you know, came out having put a deposit down and made like, you know, some crazy commitment over three years to, to commission a piece for... For me, which was funnily enough, <laughs> I'll show you a picture. It's a um, uh, it's a shark, a Macau shark, but it's made out of carbon fibre, and that's how the guy works. He works in carbon fibre, and it's made. It's machined in the um, McLaren F1 uh, workshop where he used to work. He used to be one of their mechanics, and he's now an artist, but he still machines everything and they still let him work there, and that's where his office is. And it's, a, it's an acid rain, pink shark with blue fins, with the obnoxious logo all over it, and the band's logo, and it's, it, yeah, he's done an amazing job. It's on a, he's done a little turntable that it sits on, and then a flight case that it travels in. Yeah, it's just amazing. Well, that sounds like something that you're using for a purpose as well. It's, it's, it's a, it, I am using it for a purpose. It makes me smile. I put it in my is front it your, room and it makes me smile. Well, it's kind of like personal matter. But uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, to be honest, I've I've always been always been banging to my art. You know, I've just I've actually just sold a big collection of animation art of The Simpsons and Pink Floyd, The Wall. Um, See, that kind of thing makes me really happy because I think the best people who work in this industry don't just sit inside one thing. They're culturally aware. Oh, you've got to be, yeah. And, and they're, they're culturally wise as well. I mean, there's, there's a guy in this building called Semtex. He's the, the big, like, sort of trap. Rap Is he guy. explosive? I've got to ask. He's, he's a very nice man, actually. He's got a... <laughs> he, he, he better be very nice, otherwise I'm in trouble. So sorry. I left this in here. That's okay. 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 Keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he, he's a big, like, sort of rap trap grind guy. Right, yeah. And when I first started working at Sony, he said, let's have a sit down. He said, like, we're the two outsiders here, I think. And I'm like, I'll take that. I used to live in Cheetah Mill in Manchester, so did I. So oh, brilliant. Knew each other. And we were talking about the music industry being sort of suffering from cultural atheism. <laughs> Which and it's that phrase cultural atheism has stuck in my head since the very very first day I was in the, in the old office in Derry Street. Yeah, and it's basically people. Some people exist in music because they 
like the idea of working in music because it's cool, right? Yeah, absolutely. When you really work in music, it's cool if you love it. If you realize how many hours you work, the blood, sweat and tears, the frustration, the yeah. amount of nightmare nights that you have, people phone you at four o'clock in the morning because something's gone tits up in South America or something like that, it's horrendous, you know? And I mean, I think the real people who get it are more like sort of the evangelists as opposed to the atheists. Mm -hmm. Terrible religious references that I don't believe, <laughs> but, but it kind of works in this context. Yes, yes. And I mean, you're definitely an evangelist. Andrew definitely is an evangelist, although he would really hate me calling him that. Just, he might be just... Well, I've, well, I've got atheist tattoos, so I can't say I'm over and over A positive atheist, positive musical evangelist. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get what you mean, though, yeah. But, but I mean, I, I love that part of it, and everybody who's succeeding, like we were just saying about Bring Me before, everybody sits in different silos, they don't just sit in their own lane. Yes. And it's yeah. great, and I love that, and I love it when people can bring in a reference of, I don't know, Dante's Inferno, and they want to record, like, sort of do some artwork or make a video. Yeah, exactly. Or they're talking about, I don't know, the Knights Templar, well, when they're creating some kind of visuals. It's, well, it's amazing. It, 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 for those exact reasons, are why Mark Wilkinson, who does Marillion and yeah. I Met, that's why he does did, did the cover of our, our last album, because I met him at Bloodstock, yeah. and it's been years in the making. Massive yeah. Marillion fan. Um, Massive Marillion fan as well. Well, Fish, who's been on the podcast, by the way. Um, Derek Dick, one of my personal heroes. That was a big moment. That was a big moment. In fact... That really makes me chuckle because I don't... I'll just say it. I never tell anybody I'm a Marillion fan. Well, Hello, world. I'm a Marillion fan. Well, listeners... But, but the Fish years, not the other years. Well, listeners, you're about to get a bit of a giggle from Julie when she sees the picture of Fish and I in um, his hotel... Um, uh, foyer, having just interviewed him. Hotel lobbies? Yeah, yeah, ah, yeah, yeah, very good. It's father and son, isn't it? Oh my God, you look like a child. <laughs> he could fit me in his pocket. He could fit me in his he pocket. He is absolutely, you also look 12, Howard. Uh, it's not that long ago. How big is he? Uh, very big, yeah. It's like six five, six six, I think. But he's like, but, I know. that's like, Big, yeah, for audio descriptive purposes, yeah, yeah, yeah. that is Howard being cuddled by a shed. Yeah, it is, isn't it? That's, that's, I, I, that is, I'll put that somewhere for you guys to see that picture. That's amazing. And I'll link to it. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, he was, yeah, yeah, huge fan. I can't remember where, where we were. I can't remember how I ended up on this tangent about Marillion. Artwork. Uh, yes, Mark Wilkinson. So I got Mark Wilkinson on board, but I've known that he is the next door neighbour of a friend of mine for 15 years. I didn't have an album out though, did I? So it's just been, we'd, we'd never met and yeah. then we finally met, but because I was trying to get him on board and he was basically like, well, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing um, Fish's last album, I'm doing Judas Priest 50th anniversary, I'm mm. doing The Next Maiden, and I'm stepping back. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm a little bit busy with Iron Maiden. So then I thought, there's only one thing I can do. I've just got to kind of try and throw something at him that's, that like proves that this isn't just a thrash album and he wants a load, you know, and I want some skulls. Yeah. So I mentioned that I've got Suzanne, Suzanne Vega cover version on the on the uh, on the album, and he goes, "Really? He's a fan." I tell him what song, "Blood Makes Noise." Most people haven't heard of it over here, and he's like, "Oh yeah, great track." And I was like, "Oh." So I said, he listens to the demo. Message me back and goes, yeah, fuck it, I'll do your album. That's great, I love it. Takes me back to my time in Leeds when I was a student, when he was into punk in Leeds. But this is insane. Yeah. But this is the whole thing. It's generally you'll end up speaking to people in this world because it is a really small world, right? Just what we've been saying about common friends and stuff like that. And you'll always know somebody who knows somebody. I mean, we yeah. don't even have six degrees of separation in this world. I would say it's about two. Yeah. Honestly. Oh, big time. But it's always good. But you always know who the knobheads are. <laughs> Because word travels really fast, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and very unedited as well. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I, I I take that on the chin though, and I mean I I think that's why we're working at a great place. Well, yeah, well, you do, and 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 Julie, I can't thank you enough for your time. I really do appreciate it. It's been well, it's been a, lovely. It's talking. been awesome, and also I kind of feel like we've we've only just scratched the surface. So part two will be will, is a must. Yeah, absolutely. Count me in. Brilliant. Let's, let's take you to the Bromwell cupboard. Yes, let's. <laughs> And there you go. That is the end of the podcast, but what an end. I really enjoyed doing that. Part two is obviously coming up. I did, I, neither of us realised that we had so much kind of shared history. Um, and hopefully some of that brought back um, 
interesting memories for some of you and also wow i mean what a woman that was like just insane absolutely insane to have signed those three bands that is just mad and um i'm sure you i'm sure you'd agree that well basically we both had things we had to go and do afterwards and if we hadn't that probably would have gone on for a few hours so definitely going to get back to part two and still had time to go for a rummage in the in the cupboard and come out with some really cool stuff thank you julie so it just remains for me to thank you for listening and please do bear in mind there are going to be other podcasts coming along with people from behind the scenes in the music industry people you don't normally get to hear from that's the idea I want to give you something different and that makes the podcast a little bit different and if different is for you then tell somebody else spread the word of the podcast that would be marvelous if you could do that for me that is all i ask just have a little you know have a little think of people that you may or may not like it or you know just stick a link out on your socials and go well hey and you know what i've I, i don't ever ask you to do this i don't ever mention it but every podcast i listen to does so fuck it if you get a chance to review the podcast anywhere please do give it five or give it one say you love it or you hate it you know none of this in between bollocks um and yeah but look if you just happen to be passing great if you happen to be doing some feedback or some reviews for some other then you know throw me in there that would be great i don't expect anybody to make a special trip to you know apple or their whatever app you listen to uh, this on and you know go out of their way but if you could put a little something in there that would be great thank you and sign up for patreon.com forward slash smith that would be great too there's a link in the description so other than that there is also a link in the description um as mentioned earlier to till the dirt outside the spiral official visualizer video so there you go that's all that remains for me to say is thanks for being there Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. Cheers.